got you're good. Hey, welcome to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Rob Renz. This is a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders. As always, I am joined by my phenomenal co-host, Matt Mylap. Matthew, how are you today? How are you, first of all? I'm well. I'm well. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, I am I'm too. jazzed. We have like we're we're oozing scarlet and gold right I know, now in, I know. in the studio. Our guest today, Stephen, you were an OG, or are the OG, I think, as far as my network is concerned, wow. on military podcasters. Okay. Or people who were in the military that have a podcast. Sure. So Give the people a little bit of your backstory. Well, first of all, I, I just I want to say thank you for inviting me into uh, the center of excellence that you have here. Center and, of excellence, and, I love like Wilmington and Wilmington, North, <laughs> Wilmington, North Carolina. I love I love this place. For those of you who have not had an opportunity to meet Rob Renz in person, you're in for a treat. So uh, it, he's a lot of fun. Matt's cool too. Matt's so, cool too. Yeah, Matt's cool. Right. Evan's awesome too. Evan's Evan, yeah. great. Yeah. Let me let me tell you, Evan's the the man. He never ever comes from Fayetteville anymore. Oh really? We used to see him. Would regularly. you leave if you lived in Fayetteville? I would daily, daily. I would leave. <laughs> daily, I would leave. But he's in San Diego this week. I think he's doing. You know, he's doing his big boy job. I understand. You know, so that's all right. No, it's all good. No, we I appreciate. I appreciate the. Um, uh, it's an, first of all, it is an honor. I, people say that all the time, but it is. I, I love being on podcasts. I like talking with people. One, just because it's um, um, you always learn something new. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like picking up on what people are doing, what y'all are doing, seeing the evolution. I remember whenever you talked to me about your podcast, you're like, "Hey, listen to this first one," and I came up with like a series yep. of notes and gave them back to you, and then I didn't hear back from them. Wrong and no, I thought it was great. Yeah. It was, I actually felt like it was really good. So. Um, what most people don't do is they they're so afraid of that criticism that they don't do anything, which is what led to Knucklehead being formed. To be honest with you, I found myself um, really, really risk averse, you know, and I felt like I had to clam up a machine. Like you, you see Marines as soon as they get out of the military, um, which you're a Marine. Yep, yeah, Marine. Yes, absolutely, Marine. Bleeding and what you say, yeah. scarlet, scarlet and gold. Scarlet and gold, yeah, yeah. gold baby. We're going to start it. calling cadence before too yeah, long. Here we go. Um, <laughs> so what's what's interesting is that transition, you have to strip yourself of that identity that you were and then figure out what, you, what your strengths are going forward. And it took me a long time to, to do that, getting out of the military. Um, and anyway, when it comes to when it comes to podcasting, you're going to have such an in-depth conversation on a, on a certain topic that sometimes you may dive deep into it or sometimes you may just stay above the surface mm-hmm. or stay up on the surface. And I hated – those surface level conversations that I was having all the time with, you know, uh, really quite frankly with some sales conversations, but also just interpersonal relationships conversations. So, uh, what a podcast allowed us to do was was really just get to the depth of why people were doing whatever it was that they were doing, and we found that you know after hearing people multiple episodes, you start to get to feel like you know that person, and so. I felt like there was a business application to that. And you had asked me earlier, Matt, before we got started about. Uh, you know what what knucklehead was all about and i started to tell the story and i was like we'll probably talk about this more so it directly you were, answers your yeah, question you were trying to eat your muffin and yes like, yeah. i yeah, know what it's like what it being hungry and trying to tell a story <laughs> <laughs> well it's okay so rob you asked a question um so i was leading and building a sales team uh, i was a sales director for an ag tech startup down in austin and um in today's politically you know correct environment or climate if you if you disagree with how folks want to be perceived, it it really ruffles their feathers quite a bit. So, it was right around the 2015 2016 timeframe when uh, Trump was really making a move, and he was you know 
everybody counted him out and everybody who uh, was in the establishment was really kind of giving him a hard time about, you know, about uh, the impact that he was going to make in American politics. And everybody I worked with was a huge Hillary supporter. And it just got to a point well, you're where in Austin, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's and a so passion of liberal thought in, in the best state. Tim Kennedy came on the podcast, and he was like, "It is, it's like the belly of the beast, mm. like being in in Austin. It's the absolute truth. It's he still lives there, but he lives outside of Austin. It's close to Austin, but as far as away from Austin as you can get. And anyway, the the amount of you know tolerance that they say that they have." it actually becomes suffocating because it's not tolerant at all. You have to fall in line with the, you know, in lockstep with how they think, or you're going to be ostracized. And so I remember um, the sales team that I was building, you need to be able to, you need to be able to have a forward posture whenever you're in sales and mix it up with whomever uh, is the decision maker there. But it doesn't, it doesn't always mean that you have to get along to go along in these inner, inner you know, inner office politics that was happening. So, the director of HR was was talking to one of my sales leader or one of my sales folks at the time, and it, it kind of pissed me off because she was reporting back to the owner of the company that some things were going on that weren't. And so when I confronted her about it, she didn't like that very much. And how did she rank to to your position? She was a peer. She was a peer of mine. She was the director of HR. I was the director of sales. So it was my sales team. She didn't really, quite frankly, have any business doing what she was doing. But I understood what she was I, like. I understand what she was trying to do, but she could have gone about it differently. Long story short is I texted my wife exactly how I felt about this woman. And I gave you the backstory of us not, <laughs> you know, lining up right. originally. So I don't want to say what I said, but I said some some pretty choice words about how I felt about her political beliefs and whatever. And it turns out I was texting her. Oh, boy. And not my wife. Oh boy! Yeah. So I call that a knucklehead moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say a Matt moment. Yeah. 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 That's that's. I mean, that's the genesis of of knuckleheads because I felt like, and maybe I'm off base in saying this, but in organizations all over the country, there is people who who either served, know somebody who served, they they feel a certain way, but they're forced. It's like this self censorship that takes place because there's an inordinate amount of pressure from all these centers of influence to get them to shut up. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, keep your mouth shut. And that's, that's it, it, in my mind, that just didn't fly. So the mission of Knucklehead started with me kind of ranting about things that you can screw up along the way. And then it became, I want to give a voice to each one of those people within an organization to humanize and bring dead leads to life podcast through podcasts mm-hmm. for that company. Mm-hmm. So that's what Knucklehead is. And, and how long have you been doing it for? So um, I started I started podcasting in 2017. Okay. Uh, Knucklehead. So we're at like 180 episodes or wow. something like that now. Yeah. Um, and then we've produced uh, we've produced a bunch. Get it. Get it. We got a fly in the. We room. got a Mike Pence. We got a Mike Pence fly. <laughs> yeah. Where's the ocean spray? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but we've we produce uh, we produce about 15 shows for businesses now. Okay. And so we've produced a bunch of episodes, thousands and thousands of hours of content. So you've seen a dramatic rise in in not only the amount of podcasts, yeah. but the utility of them too as well. You know, I get asked. Well, we were asked regularly, like when we started doing this, I think people really didn't understand why we wanted to do it. Um, Like our wives are like, what's the point? You guys are just like 
you're not doing anything. Do you're these just, people know you very well? Yeah, yeah. And they still thought that they you still, did. yeah. They were had concerns <laughs> about your ability to communicate over a podcast. I and don't record think snippets it, of it and then distribute it out. To yeah, the other I, folks? I, I think I think the way people looked at it initially was like this kind of a waste of time. Like, okay. how is that gonna? And by and by waste of time, I mean like, is it, dude? Did you snatch that? No. Almost oh did. man, you almost had it. Yeah. Um, but but it was like, how is this gonna put money into the bank? us doing this thing. Otherwise, my wife looks at things in, in very like, you know, black and white. Sure. Is your time spent generating revenue for our household or is it not? Because yeah. everything that is not falls into the Rob, you're just playing category. Sure. I told you last night how it has yeah. benefited us, but but you've been at the forefront of this. So how have I you appreciate seen that. It, it shift? I, so I appreciate that. I uh, When I hear people, <laughs> he almost got it. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to be fighting nuts. this thing the whole, yeah, we're the whole show. Um, all right, so when people... When people get trained to do a certain job, there's practical application, and then there's classroom learning, right? Both of them have utility. Mm -hmm. Which one's more important when it comes to the development of book smart versus like street smarts? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. That's a good, that's a better way to to uh, to split the two out. But there's video training, like annual training in the Marine Corps. Remember, like. Mm -hmm. Personal identifiable. I was pre-video. I got out in 08. So. Yeah. Well, like slideshows and everything. Yeah. They're terrible. Like, I remember they're the safety briefs. Videos. They were so great. Yeah, they're on PowerPoint. And by great, you mean terrible. Yeah, right? terrible. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. So um, there's utility in both from a training perspective, but one's kind of a check in the box, and the other one's more of development, right? So whenever you go and start utilizing your training criteria to go and apply it to your job, there's certain things that you actually physically need to go do and screw up to get better at. And then there's some things that are just kind of checks in the box. So from a perception standpoint, we found human behavior really influences a lot of how marketing works. So a podcast, if, so if people think that a podcast is a waste of time, they're severely underestimating that people typically only learn three, one of three ways mm -hmm. through audio Kinetically, right? So they right. they doing it, yeah. Kinetic or visually. Mm -hmm. Those are pretty much the three primary learning method methods. So if one of those is a complete waste of time, in my mind, that means you're abandoning thirty three percent of the market that you're trying to go tap to begin with. So why wouldn't a company just go and have that as part of their repertoire? Why wouldn't they, right? So if they, you know, nineteen ninety six, somebody saying that you had a website in your business it would be a waste of time, right? Mm. I mean, like you go back on YouTube and go find videos of news anchors talking in the 90s about email addresses and, you know, website information. And they just, they're just confused. They're like, why would I need this? I can just go to can a phone send, book. Yeah. Or I can send a piece of mail. Yeah. <laughs> I can, why would I need to email you? I can just pick up the phone and call you. And I, but I need to stay attached to this cord that's attached to the wall to mm -hmm. do so, unless you had this revolutionary technology, otherwise known as like a wireless phone, you know? And now you can touch a piece of glass and get access to information in an instant. And so what was inconceivable at the time now is standard practice. It's a status quo. And so, like, when you start hearing about how people innovate and iterate, in my mind, it just makes sense for every company on the planet to have a podcast, right? In my opinion, I think that's how things should Regardless work. of, like, industry? Um, I mean, there's probably exceptions to the rule, like, if you really want to get super granular with it. But for all intents and purposes, that's... It's, that's my word, by the way. It, okay. It's one of them, granular. Right on. Yeah, Matt uses okay. granular, synergy. Uh, mo molecular. Molecular. Um, yeah. Atomic. Yep. I don't think you use atomic that much. <laughs> well, all right. Let me ask you this way. So if you, um, if you Rob, 
are an insurance agent mm-hmm. and insurance agent A and then insurance agent B, you both are equal in terms of what you offer to the marketplace. You offer insurance. And one of you has a podcast or a video series or some type of What's your multifaceted yeah. omni-channel, you know, um, um, uh, pieces of content for folks to consume who you are. Whether they know you or not or want to buy insurance from you or not is off the table. When they came across both of those two, which do you think somebody's going to go with? Just from a reputation and trust standpoint, which of the two do you think somebody's going to go with? I would think I would think the the one who is doing putting themselves out what there. What do they look are like? First of all, what are these two? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a good question. Does physical appearance have anything to do with this? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. Well, it, 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 I think they would go with me, and I've actually I've seen it happen. Okay. You know, like the the and I I think I know where you're going with this. Like the more you do stuff like this the more trust is built up with people without you even knowing that it's happening. Sure. You know, and so when people make a buying decision, typically they want to buy from people that they know, like, and they trust. And if you can accomplish that ahead of time, before a buying decision is ever made, well, then you're, you're competing at an unfair advantage in, in my opinion. Um, And so I, I, I've seen it, you know, we've had people stop us, Matt and I at the business convention. They're like, are you, Oh, you you guys are the ones that do the Signal Fire podcast. The thing, the not, thing, not the insurance. It's not, never, well, it's never it's, that. It's funny. It, you're right. I had my insurance booth right next to the Signal Fire booth, and nobody stopped and talked to me about insurance. Everybody stopped and talked to us about this. Signal Fire, yeah. About this. Sure. Um, so, so that I, yeah. So do a reverse engineer the ROI calculation mm-hmm. of not having Signal Fire at mm-hmm. that same trade show. Yeah. How how much less foot traffic would probably, you be interacting? Probably with? none. And right. I, I got new I got new insurance customers because of that. Because of that. Because so right in business, you have an opportunity cost to everything. Yeah. Right. So the answer to your question, your wife's question to you back in the day is, honey, listen, mm-hmm. I understand you don't understand. It's no big deal. But for all intents and purposes, that's the same thing as the news reporters back in the '90s talking about websites and emails. It's the same yeah. thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. And it's not this revolutionary, crazy technology. It's like it's like Dana White in the UFC. Like his old adage is, if people want to stop what they're doing and just go watch a fight. But that's been for forever. Right. You know, if, if the bar that we were at last night, if one of us was walking to the restroom and there was a fight between a couple happening at the bar and there was an argument, altercation back and forth, one of you would have stopped and been like, hey, dude, come here, come here, check this out. Because you want to be that third person in any conversation. If there's a little bit of conflict, but typically because there's something there to pay attention to. And if you're selling a widget, a, a product, it's you know it's debatable on whether or not you need a podcast. But if you're running a service-based business and you don't have a podcast or you don't have any type of differentiator that gives people more insight as to why they should know, like, or trust you more, then you're f- so far behind everybody else that it's, it's almost like um, the difference between MySpace and, and Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's like just because you're first to market doesn't mean you're the best. You could be first, but there always is going to be somebody else that's going to iterate and do it better than you. I don't know. I'm still a, a believer that LimeWire is better than Spotify. LimeWire? Yeah. Is it still around? I mean, that put <laughs> millions of viruses on people. They were the first computers. to market. They were the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, so, like, for instance, this this company. Cheeky Monkey. They're yeah. They're here in Wilmington, right? Yep. Uh, they're going to get some 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 pup some love right. from the Signal Fire folks. So right. if you're in Wilmington and you want to get a fantastic cup of coffee and some really cool stickers, go by this place. Yeah, right. Or go talk to Rob first before you do, so that you can you can give these people Rob's name and Signal Fire can get some love. Yeah, so, you know what I'm saying. Yep. But that's that's what is missing in terms of how folks are or calculating the ROI for their organizations. Mm-hmm. 
So, so for pe- so for for people that are sitting on the fence with wanting to do their own podcast, yeah, do you see that the the failure to launch? I guess is that they're worried that they don't have something to talk about most of the time. Yeah. So so this goes back to a conversation that I had with our our buddy Rich, uh, like in 2019. Okay. Rich and I were talking about this, and. Uh, so whenever you're in sales, you have you have an opportunity to go uh, either stay at the surface level with your customer, or you could take it one step further and go and, and have additional conversations with more than one stakeholder to be able to substantiate your business case to go with you as a business. You know, so if you're selling a technology to an organization or a service, and you go talk to one person, you have like a single support system. But if you go talk to three or four people, then you have multiple support systems to make your business case uh, much stronger to whomever it is you're going to talk about. All right. So, or talk to. So when it comes to, uh, when it comes to people who are on the fence, a lot of, and a lot of times they think that their existing business is the only, like that's the people do business with me because I'm a roofer mm-hmm. or people do business with me because I'm a whatever. Have you talked to them about it? Have you actually interviewed your existing customers? Because if you went back and talked to your existing customers and recorded those conversations and then transcribe those conversations and then run analytics against which words are used primarily to describe your service and the way that your service made them feel, that's significant data to be able to orchestrate a production schedule on what to talk about. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just so happens that's what we do. We go and we interview your existing customers because they describe you and your service different than what you think that they do. Now, are you guys actively? Yeah, are you guys? You guys internally are searing those conversations. They're removed from the conversation. We go and we're like, "Hey, we're conducting market research on behalf of this because right. we're putting together a show. I'd love to grab 10, 15 minutes of your time to talk to you about this. We're going to record this conversation. If it's okay with you, uh, I'd like to use it as market feedback for us to orchestrate the productive creative for. This so that show. data supports how you structure 100 the narrative of the podcast. 100. That's to answer the question of how people who don't feel like they have anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's not really the biggest problem. The biggest problem is the people who feel like they've got something to say. Okay. And <laughs> and then creating a narrative around, hey, listen, I, I know you're married to this idea that people absolutely need what you have to say, but have you like tried to market test that yet? And so we, we record a beta episode in most cases and then distribute it out to, to 10 people who are going to give them like unf- like honest feedback, similar to what you did. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's probably the best way to distribute and kind of get some, some feelers, some good, Hey, what'd you think about this? Yeah. Most of the time it's, it's odd. Like whenever you have uh, the camera rolling or somebody behind a microphone, they could be the most dynamic person in the absence of these two things. Mm-hmm. But then when you put them on, they like clam up. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, and it's super awkward to, to go through that. It probably took me I don't know about you. How long did it take? How long did it take you to get comfortable by a, behind a microphone? Mm. You know, before we started doing the podcast, I was doing all the video content. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because you know I had this idea in my head of what Sorry, of what I thought would work, and and so Rich let me try it, and like basically what I was going to do is I yeah I previewed a, a Keurig cup, a K cup. Yeah. Like I I went out and I bought all these unique. 
K-Cups from all over the world. And like the video would be, you know, I do like a 15 second review of this cup of coffee and then I talk about what it was that I wanted to talk about. And we did that maybe for the first like 12 videos and then completely abandoned it because looking at the analytics, it's like our people aren't really sticking with you to hear what the message is because not a lot of people really care what you think about coffee. And, and, and that was, that was true. Um, so I, I say to answer your question, <clears throat> I think probably the first month to two months, I hated the way I looked. I hated the sound of my voice. I hated absolutely everything that I was saying. And then after I got through those two months, then it finally felt like, okay, I'm more comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. Like, I feel like what I'm saying is sort of aligning. You start to get some of that traction. You start to see people, you know, responding to your content and engaging with it and then turning into customers and getting that attention. So I would say to get two months, two months probably, uh, two sessions. And then the actual, like, putting it on social media part was was painful for oh, me. Oh, yeah, I'm was sure. painful. It's this window into mm-hmm. you that... Yep. Other people, you're like, I've, I've always kept this private. Yep. I don't want to let anybody know. We're actually going through this right now with a Marine. Phenomenal dude. Great. Very good at what he does uh, professionally. But he went from Marine to uh, like undercover mm-hmm. cop to now he's you know physically out there in the marketplace helping people buy and sell homes and do investment properties. But he's never put this kind of window mm-hmm. into him this way and so he, it's a it's a fun transition to see them go through if you know what i'm saying is he is so, he uh, is he doing well with it um he he's doing well with one of them he's mm-hmm. just starting the other one okay so we'll see give how me you, about six months how do you pull that out of people um that's a great question um all right so like when i first met my wife I'm going to tie this back to the answer here. So, uh, when you're if you're listening, Jules, I love you. Just be patient. So, um, when when we first started dating, I I told her what my intent was whenever I first met her. I was like, I want to get married. Like, you're it. I found you, and it was like date three. So it scared the crap out of her. She's like, Who in the hell is this yeah, guy? Yeah, get, the away there, buddy. Get, get away from me. Um, <laughs> is and she, is she a uh, a fellow Texan too. She is, yeah, yeah. She grew up in uh, in Dallas, just outside of Dallas, Garland, and then now she now we live in Rockwall. Crazy, like we live where she went to high school. So my entire life I've been Stephen. Now all of a sudden I'm like Julian's husband, <laughs> you know. And I've only been Julian's husband since we moved back. So anyway, um, but I I told her I go that's that's what I would like. I, I that's my intent. And as a way to kind of have her calm down a little bit, I was like, look, I I was fine before I met you and you were fine before you met me. So if that scares you, no big deal. Yeah. I'm just, we're going to be fine. I just wanted to let you know where we were at. And so being honest with people, um, it's a difficult thing to do sometimes whenever you're in business, which is why I kind of subscribe to the philosophy of you're going to screw up, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So why not be transparent with, with where you're at and what's happening? And it makes, it makes people either feel comfortable or it makes people feel uncomfortable. And those that are more comfortable with that process than you're supposed to work with, those that aren't, they're, they're not supposed to work with you. I'm left speechless here for a second because my story is so similar to that with my wife. And I, it's, I was getting ready to deploy in 2008. And so we were, I was home and like we were friendly. And I was like, hey, when I get back, like you're going to be the one. And she was like, no. Not at all. That's not going to happen. Um, I wonder if there's something to... 
what you just said there in that like being completely honest and transparent with what your objective is if there isn't you know if you don't freak the other person out on the other side of the table yeah um to the point where they're like oh my gosh i gotta get away um if there's something happening subconsciously where they're like okay well let's see where it goes maybe Maybe this will happen the way that he or she says that it's going to be. So that that honesty piece of it, um, I think, is important. But also, too, I just I had a moment as we were talking, like calling back to when I, you and I jumped on a Zoom and, and did an episode for your podcast, and like I, you know, I laid out the very stupid thing that I did when I wrote the letter to the commandant when I was in boot camp, or when I would get to new corporations, and uh, and and I would just be like, "I've arrived. I'm your savior. I'm here to fix everything that ails this company. Otherwise, why wouldn't you have hired me?" And then having to backtrack and like apologize for that, those real knucklehead moments. Yep. Um, but I think it's made me. I feel like it's made me a little bit better. As a person to look back and go, okay, yeah, you were dumb. You owned up to it, and then you moved on and went on with your life. Is that is that am, am I am I summarizing kind of like the 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 ethos of what it is, why it is that you are doing what it is that you're doing, why you're pushing so hard for people to do exactly what it is that we're doing right now? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I think that there's some truth to uh, to what you're talking about. People. Not everybody's going to be striving to be the best version of themselves, right? But every organization on the planet, in some way, shape, or form, is looking to perform. And they are looking for that optimal level of performance. And they're comprised of people who just need some support and or help to let them know, hey, listen, we're going to, we're going to help you get through this process. It's going to be uncomfortable at first. It's kind of going back to the original point. You were fine before I met you. you I'm fine before you met me. And, and just letting them know, listen, we're going to, we're going to get through this there's going to be this evergreen, you know, um, library of content for folks to Netflix out on you, and it will bring dead leads to life when folks that you don't know start to consume it, right? Like you didn't know what show was your favorite show on Netflix before you started watching it, mm-hmm. but you got it, a suggestion from somebody, or at least you came across it, and then all of a sudden it's like you binge it, like you you want to watch it. That's how human behavior works. So why would a business not want to have that in their Rolodex? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny you say that because like you'll get a new follower or a new connection or something, and the next thing you know, they'll like have liked like eight of your videos. And it's I never put that together where it's like, oh, I didn't know about this. Now I'm binge watching your stuff, and all of a sudden you're in my funnel. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, what's what's interesting about that is part of what you said was absolutely true as to why. Another reason, which is probably equally as important, is. I've screwed up so many times. I've messed up relationships. I've messed up in business. I've thought that I've got this. Watch out. Let's let's go. It's it's on me now, and it not gone anywhere in terms of the whatever the mission is or the the project, and it hasn't gone the way that I originally anticipated. That um, I think that that more the more people trust themselves to take those risks and go through that same journey that I have, uh, they're going to be able to improve, and it's. It's crazy the risk that you take in the beginning because I was a rigid asshole for so many years. You know, I'm not saying that I'm not now. I'm just maybe a little bit more refined. Nice about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's 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 gone, but it's been all those mistakes and screw ups and you know falling flat on the face and just getting back up that have helped the organization be what it is. Now it provides opportunities for people to have. Um, you know, full time careers in, in what it is that we're doing, which is fantastic. I suck at editing audio. I suck at editing video, but I did it for fifty episodes myself. Every single thing. My first seven episodes, I uploaded to SoundCloud. I didn't even have my own RSS feed, and I had a 
podcast, mm-hmm. right? Or I see people talk about their podcast and they don't know where podcasts came from right. or what an RSS feed is or why does that matter? In most cases, it really doesn't. It's just about doing it and then learning through the process. So where I was going with that was simply to say that for people to misrepresent digitally as an influencer, that people just need to blindly trust them and, oh, by the way, part with your hard-earned dollars and cents to buy my course, that I I want to take like a baseball bat up to that idea <laughs> and just watch it slow die, like die slowly on the sidewalk. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I cannot stand people who are like, I learned this thing and now it's I'm going to package it into a little course and yeah, you need to trust me to, you know, use your credit card rewards mm-hmm. to do whatever. It's like time out. People are not only are people desperate out there, but people are are interested in being better. And if you can help them get a little bit better every day, then, then that's going to be a good thing. And I had a painful lesson with a podcast client who we didn't have a clearly defined objective as to what we were looking to accomplish. And we used the distribution method of paying for downloads in our business whenever we did that. And it completely violated the trust of the person who trusted us to do that for their organization. Mm. They didn't have an intent on increasing their downloads. What we were doing is we were running experiments on how this is actually going to affect their ranking, subsequently what it's going to do to their engagement. All of that could have been avoided had I just communicated better on the front end. So now every time we have a new podcast client, it's like, okay, time out. What is the objective of right. what you're looking to accomplish here? Because right. otherwise it's going to it's going to put you and me in a, in a bad situation. If I start using tactics or deployment taxes for distribution that don't line up with what your objective is. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I like this whole course building, hawking, you know, grifting yeah, thing that grift. exists. It, it just, it infuriates me just as much as not being honest. Yeah. So what for what it's worth? Yeah, absolutely. So what are those? What are some of those like clearly defined objectives? Because it's it's clear in just the few minutes that we've been talking about this, and I knew this to be true about you all along. That you know a lot more about this space than than these two knuckleheads, Matthew and I. I think we told you last yeah. night. Like we're just like let's just do it. Yeah. And then let's see where it goes. And then we'll refine. We'll build. We'll try something new. We'll learn new technologies. We'll we'll just you know so help. If, if we were your client, for the people that are going to be watching and listening, like, how can what, – what advice can you offer for somebody that's like, yeah, I want to do it. I've committed to doing it. I'm comfortable with talking or seeing myself on camera. But then I don't know how the hell to define my objective in doing it. I know that it's the right thing to do, but I just don't really know how to say what it is that I want to accomplish from it. Yeah, that's a, I think it's a really good question. So <laughs> even just that question in itself – it's what's baked into that question, and I w- I'm going to repeat back to you what I what you said. And so, help me define what the two to three things are that I need to be doing to get traction. That's is that pretty mm-hmm. much yeah. what your question yep. is? Okay. Um, most of the time, those two to three things for any net new new organization who doesn't have a new digital asset, which I call it podcast. That's what it is. It's a digital asset. Assets are meant to create leverage to, to get you to move forward. So if that digital asset doesn't exist currently and you don't know how to define what it is, let's start with one. What would you like to do? Would you like to gain a listener who can trust you more to come to your business? And then when you start 
making things a little bit more simple in terms of defining what one thing is instead of two to three, it becomes much more simple. And then once you've done that, then you've essentially um, created what we call kind of get some wins. You, you create these small victories that will eventually add up over time to, to much larger uh, much larger wins. A good buddy of mine who helped me when I first got into podcasting. So you could also go get a podcast course. It's called PodSpark for a guy named Greg Clunas. You can go and if you just want to be a hobby podcaster, go get his course. Mm-hmm. Pay $850 or whatever it is. That's going to be money well spent because when you land your first sponsor that's going to offset, you know, three grand over 60 days, you know, by my math, that's a 250, 250% uh, return on your money if you go buy his course and do what he says. But he's not going to work with you, right? He's not going to he, – he might, but he's not going to come in and, like, help you get your, you know, your the, the Shure mic or the why isn't your XLR, you know, mm-hmm. you know, matching up to your USB interface or, you know, do you need a DSLR camera or do you need a 1080p webcam to make sure that you can edit the video down and find that piece of micro content? He's going to go through and he's going to help you do that so you can start paying attention to those things. So um, the answer is it's a lot more than two or three things, but it's really starting with one. Mm. And then if you're going to get uh, into a pot and into a situation where you're behind the mic, I love just having one. And I got this from Brian Fanzo. So Brian Fanzo at uh, Military Influencer Conference in 2019, he said, grab a sticky note and write down two or three things that you want to talk about over the next 35 minutes. And if you have a multi-host show, if you have two to three things and you'd have two or three things and then your guest has two to three things, you're talking about accomplishing six or seven very major things over that 45 minutes. It gets hard to do. Mm-hmm. So you have to pare it down and make it much more simple. So you can get by doing like an in-depth conversation with less right. as opposed to trying to do a lot with a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I come from a traditional media background, okay. right? Like last night we yeah, were yeah. hanging out yeah, with yeah. some radio people and some ad agencies and, and the way we would always go sell what we had was like, hey, we have an audience of half a million people that consume this media regularly. This is how much we think it is valued for. Would you like to participate and sell your product or your service to the audience? Podcasting, I guess, is built on the same kind of uh, business model. But why would somebody, why would somebody choose to sponsor and how does how does like that how does that interaction go? Is it somebody like Matt and I just hustling and saying, "Hey, you know, this is our this is our show. This is what we talk about. This is how many people listen to it. Give us five grand, um, and we'll we'll push your product." Does it work like that, or is it like people will reach out to you and be like, "Oh, hey, I can see all this data and all these analytics. Like, I want you to sell our product or service for us." That's a good question. So. Um in sales, we have uh, a way to describe that. It's demand fulfillment or demand generation. Mm-hmm. So most of podcasts right now is in a phase where it's in demand generation. So you have to go out and hustle and get and do just because it's not necessarily, I don't even think it's gotten to a point where it's matured enough to be on par with traditional media. Now, if some podcasters are out there and they want to throw their keyboard at me, so be it. <laughs> My, the, the reality is, is when you can go and demand hundreds of thousands of dollars for your audience or access to your audience as a radio broadcaster or radio advertiser, like Intercom, they own a bunch of stations all throughout the country. Right. Uh, and then subsequently, you know, take it into a different language and apply it to a different market or a different international market. Um, it's different. My question to those people who want to look at things that way is, well, do you actually own that audience? As a podcaster, you it's yours. 
you know, as a podcast network, you can essentially aggregate the the uh, the defined audio or audience reach across all of your shows and then bring that back to be a network, have a network sponsor or a newsletter sponsor or a, you know, a a social media post sponsor or, you know, a merch sponsor. And you can start to really get creative on how you want to dissect that. But in my, in my opinion, I think radio is fantastic and podcasters could learn a lot from Mm -hmm. the way traditional media distributes their content or creates revenue through distribution. Yeah. You made a, you made a good point there. Like you can buy, you could be, spend more money on radio or TV, you still don't own or control any of the content, any of the programming. Oh, oh by the way, oh, by the way, if you do that over a social media platform, can social media censor you? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. If they don't like what you have to say, can, yeah. they, can they throttle your content? Yeah. If we have too many guns. Yeah. 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 We have a, we have a client that we do work for. Um, and I have a friend who built a huge Instagram following half a million followers on Instagram. He sells t-shirts, pro American patriotic t-shirts. And he, he, he's been like thrice now taken down off Instagram and Facebook because he, he, he'll put some political posts out there. It'll and happen. so they've just like, they, yeah. his business just got turned off like that because that's, that's where they would go to market their products. Unless you have you know, your own, own distribution channel, mm-hmm. like a podcast, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. That's a way to insulate yourself, at least from it for a while. Okay. I mean, it's the last bastion of Freedom. free speech yeah. that exists <laughs> in this digital media space, if well, you I ask me. I don't know. Me. What's going on with Trump media? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, Trump Trump put out that he's got his own social media platform. Oh. Who knows? Wow. And Who investors knows? are, like, clawing at the opportunity yeah, to, like, I'm pour sure. money into it. I'm sure. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... there's well, okay, sorry. No, I was going to say, it's America. At yeah. least he used to be America. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to keep it America. <laughs> Doing yeah. his very best. How do you go from like getting that first listener to getting like ten thousand? Um, man, that's a great question. If your goal was to get ten thousand, then you have to iteratively get um, give people reasons to to want to pay attention to you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, oh, you got yeah. it. Did it. Did dead fly. <laughs> sorry, sorry. T for- minus what. 45 minutes. Yeah. Thank God. Sorry, sorry, hey, sorry for everybody it. that uh, is listening in their AirPods because yeah. their ears that just, just exploded. exploded. Yeah. <laughs> you get, nice the, you get the, the championship belt for the show. Absolutely. Okay. Matt's yeah, the winner I see today. The NWO yep. yep. All right. So, to answer your question, if your goal is to get 10,000, um, so how many people live in Wilmington? Total? Like 250,000 ballpark. So, yeah. then you just reverse engineer the process. Yeah. I mean, enough people care about those things and you have to give them reasons to, to care. I think for what y'all are doing, what caught my attention the most was how you were highlighting small business owners here in the local area. And it wasn't just local. There was one guy, uh, it was like a, uh, Hot a health shop. No, it was a health food shop and they just moved in Don from, Verity. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cleveland. Don Verity. Yeah. 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 Okay. Is yeah. he here? Or yeah. Is he, he's, he lives here. Yeah. Here. But, okay, but they've got locations across the entire United States, like 70 different locations now well, if that you, they're up to. If you hear the conviction in his voice about like the risks that he took mm-hmm. and the, the success that he's experiencing, uh, it, he wasn't like doing what he's doing now. And then if he was going to be doing those same things, whenever he first started his first company, like, they're completely different types of, of actions and activities that those business owners have to do. Like if you hear him even talk about his, the success that he had and y'all, y'all gave him an opportunity to talk about the beginning and then what he's doing now. Mm -hmm. And so it's, if you really analyze what people are doing, uh, getting listeners isn't necessarily a difficult thing. You just give people a reason to talk about what they want to talk about. And typically it's the things that they're passionate about. 
most of the time, what we believe a knucklehead is you give them an opportunity to talk about the things that they've screwed up because there's so much conviction in learning that happens in that as opposed to what they've done awesome. Yeah. So that's all, that's, that's why we lead with what you screw up. Shit. I mean, so should the first approach really be focused on like your geographical setting? Yeah, I think so. Really? I I do. I, I, in my opinion, I think that that's the best way to do it. Or, um, you know, something that you have in common with your first set of listeners. Like right. my, my first set of listeners were, I was telling a story about um, a screw-up that I had made whenever I was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. I was in boot camp, and <laughs> you all appreciate this. Um, so I, we were standing in line, drill instructors You were in the here. real boot camp, though. Yeah, yeah. San like, Diego. Yeah, right. absolutely. Easy, that one. boys. Easy. Right, here we're going to start like a little mini civil war here. I love Sunset it. Sunset <laughs> Well, you, you got drill instructors over here, and you're all standing in line, and you have your weapon, right? But I had to pee so bad, and I didn't know what to. I didn't know what to do. You're still like disoriented. Go, like, man. what do I do? I ran out of line. I ran out of line. <laughs> and see, y'all are laughing because yeah. you know how stupid that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know where to go. I didn't know like how to like. <laughs> where am I going to go? I'm <laughs> dude. I start. So I st- I run into the barracks, and a drill instructor caught me. Yeah. Took my weapon away, but I got to go pee in yeah. the toilet, so it was good. Yeah, I got, I got relieved there. I paid for it later. Yeah. Um, and I ran back to uh, to be <laughs> to get in line, and oh my god, it was so painful to just retail that entire experience. But my first set, sets of listeners were guys that could relate to that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm trying to go after my ten thousand listeners, you know, some soccer mom's not going to give about that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I had to go like to where my audience was first. I had to talk about those things first. Yeah. And I never intended whatsoever with Knucklehead Podcast to be a uh, a, a creative way to go use um, a, a creative way to do biz dev for Knucklehead Media Group. Yeah. It took me probably 90 episodes to really understand that strategy on going and profiling people that I wanted to do business with coming, you know, asking them to come onto the podcast. If they came onto the podcast, then all that was was another pre-qualification for them to be a client for Knucklehead Media Dude, and mm. we just recently started kind of experiencing yeah. like progression with that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's a great strategy. It's, yeah. and, it's And publicly traded multi-billion dollar multinational corporations that we do business with are now wanting to use that in conjunction with their traditional pound the phones, emails and uh, traditional kind of sales activity. I think it's just such a nice, it's a soft way to get the first part yep. of a relationship started. Of course it you is. You know, like, hey, we, yeah. and 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 I'm, I'm glad you're giving me some validation because you know, sometimes you sit up at night and you're like, are we doing this the right way? Um, like we wanted it to be very community driven. Yeah. We, 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 you, I wasn't, community? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that at <laughs> I all. I wasn't worried about like, hey, I got to get Jocko on the show because we want, yeah. we want, you know, a million people, a million hits on And it on won't YouTube. happen if he came. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't. It, 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 probably because they already have so much out there. You know, there's there what they have to say has very much been said. Um, but I wanted I wanted us to be able to meet, connect with, and build relationships with leaders that are right here in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah, and we haven't. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary. Congratulations, we haven't run out by the of way. thank you. That's awesome. Thank you, thank you bro. Yeah, because yeah, I want to awesome. ask you about Pod Fade because because that's a real thing too as well. Next, but I wanted us just to be able to to say there's a lot of really great things happening right here in Wilmington, North Carolina. 100. percent And and having never been here before, yeah. you invited me out was like yeah. I, I can say there's a lot of really cool things that are happening here. I love it. So I love it. And and so I, I guess what my point in is all of that is like, you know, don't get worried about if if 
you're listening to this, don't worry about 100 people listening to it or 10,000 or a million people listening to it. If it's true to what you want to do, if you want it, like we just want to showcase ambitious leaders and, and let them tell their stories about where they began, where they screwed up, where they hit a home run and where they're at now and where they're going in the future. There's a lot of that right there. So no matter what your topic is, stick to it yeah. and, and work through it. But, but there is, and this is what's leading me to my question, there is a point where people go, I can't do this anymore. Like, I've done eight episodes. I think the data we saw that was like, most people will stop after eight episodes. Most people will. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? That's a great question. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, to be honest with you. Um, quitting podcast, Yeah, quitting a day. Uh, we, as a prereq, most of the time, we'll, I believe 10 is the, the right number. Mm -hmm. My director of content strategy believes it's three. So if somebody does not have a digital asset, most of the time, uh, I my suggestion is to stack content, have 10 episodes at the ready before you release one. And, you know, you, you populate your first, um, you know, your you could populate your first dump with 11 episodes. So you have 10 at the ready, and then you have your your one that you did last week. And then if you record each week, then you can slow drip that content out once a week. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's that's what I think it is. My director of content strategy thinks it's three. It's fine. It's probably somewhere in the middle. But anyway, my, my point in saying that is, is it's fine. McDonald's uh, had a podcast series for three episodes. McDonald's had a three podcast episode because they wanted to investigate um, like there was a, a breach of health. So people were getting sick in one part of the country. Uh, and so they had a, a, a three podcast series talking about what happened, how they were dealing with that problem. And then what they were going to do to solve it going forward. That's fine. Again, it goes back to, you got to begin with the end in mind. What is it that your objective is of this particular show? And then reverse engineer the process. Um, TV series, they have, they have, you know, a finite, like a shelf life. You know, um, the Chappelle show did how many ever series it did yeah, and then it never seasons, came back. Yep, yep. Yeah. So it, it happens. I think it's I think it's perfectly acceptable. And totally fine. I don't think that there's anything wrong with it at all. Can but you, what ends up happening, though, in most cases, I don't mean to interrupt you, no, but is you have people that um, um, like if you look at Barstool Sports, talked a little, a little bit about it last night, started as a newsletter kind of betting mm -hmm. uh, blog, sports blog. And it's grown to be this multi-billion dollar, like a casino pin national bottom Two years ago, I think, yeah. and now they're they they just crank money. It's like a cash register, not just for Portnoy, for so many other people that are now part of his team. So if if your organization sells, um, you know, you're a an airplane manufacturer uh, who you know does like the little widgets on on because we've talked to this company in Fort Worth about about a podcast before. They're like, well, why would we? build a podcast if our product is solely just building these little widgets for, for airplanes. It's like, well, do you feel like there's going to be new people that you need to come back into your company? Like what, what HR recruiting arm, how are you going to go attract new talent? How are you going to go, uh, you know, vet new vendors? How are you going to go and, and like, what's your process for all of those things? And can you bake it into the narrative of a show? And once you've accomplished that goal, then it has to be either something else or maybe you backfill that with a different host. Black Rifle Coffee's changed the name of their podcast several times. Mm -hmm. It used to be uh, Black Hearted, and then it was like something else, Launch Code, right? And then so every time you change your name of what it is that you want to do, it'll change the narrative of the show. That's fine. I think it happens. 
So, so would you recommend then, like, if you if you get to a point? Because Rich, I just saw Rich posted. He's he's done doing leadership locker. I think yeah. he did like two hundred episodes. Yeah. Now yeah. he's doing the NFTs thing and yep. and and looking at other ideas. Yep. You think it's that's a good practice to be like, okay, I'm putting an end on this one. Yep. And now we're we're changing directions and we're going to go in a different lane. Yeah, well, let me yeah, let me answer it this way. So a couple episodes ago, you talked about couple businesses that you own, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go talk to an entrepreneur about starting your first business, would you trust somebody who's only done one or somebody who's got, how many do you have? Uh, four, I think, or five on paper now. Yeah. Okay. So if you have five different businesses, you're probably going to be more apt to talk to somebody who has more than five, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, there's there's merit to going and talking to somebody who's done more. I, I think it's perfectly acceptable for you to have more than one show, unless you're one show on a network, and that network is essentially selling the uh, uh, the diverse the diversification of, of all the topics. Right. So then you can double down and focus on what it is that you do and specialize. Yeah. So that's yeah. A, that's probably the exception of the rule. Matt, be thinking about what Signal Fire Radio 2.0 is going to look like. Oh, it's freaking me out. I man, I get like I get so excited about seeing the century mark, like having a hundred episodes or two hundred episodes, yeah, three hundred episodes. And, and I think Joe Rogan's had how many? Like a thousand something, seventeen hundred. Yeah, and Shapiro's how many are M- ones got- how, how many are MMA shows? Yeah, like he's got his own MMA show. Yeah, now in addition to what he's doing. So I'm not saying everybody needs to be Joe Rogan. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's just, no, 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 it, no. It's I think that people can get wrapped around the axle. Um, that'll stop them from just moving. But when you're in the creative phase, the worst thing that you can do is 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 put limitations around that. See that all the way through the end, even if you ultimately decide not to do something with it. But don't like if if like if we were going to do a creative session right now, and like what is Signal Fire 2.0 means, you can't say no to anything for like yeah. the next 15 minutes, and yeah. we're just going to throw out ideas, and then end up on a whiteboard, and then you iterate against what works and what doesn't. I like that idea. That simplified it. For that me. simplified that it for sense, me, yeah. if, especially if we can write it in Crayon. If we can put it all in Crayon, then we're we're 100 onto something. Yeah. Is there is there any correlation between the number of podcasts that you do and success? Does consistency equal? Okay. I, in ahead. my opinion, yeah. yeah. I, think I I I'm just I've I've missed like every podcast that I do for Knucklehead. I'm like, and we got new episodes coming at you every Tuesday. And there's months where I haven't released a new episode, <laughs> but I say it all yeah. the time. So if it could be the first time somebody hears it and they're like, oh, wow, you released a new episode every Tuesday. And then they go to the episodes and they see that there's 160 or whatever, or 180 that are that are there. And they go back and they can listen to when I was consistently doing it every Tuesday. Now I'm I'm running the business. I'm doing a bunch of things that uh, doesn't allow me the opportunity to always do that. So when it comes to guest curation, you can augment your guest curation strategy by going and talking to the interview valets of the world, or there's Podmatch that's out there. There's a bunch of different technologies that you can use to go and find people who just want to come onto your show and talk to your people. Mm-hmm. So that's what's that's what I like about this. We get it. I hope you're taking notes, Josh, on all these on all these little things that we know. Oh yeah, no, it's all recorded. Yeah, 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 it's recorded. Yeah. We just go back Audio and listen and to our video. own show yeah. about about uh, all these hacks to make it yeah. a little bit better. The, find cool, a little more people the, for the way that you work. I I think that Chartable is probably a really cool analytics tool okay. for you to use. And then there's something called Chartable for brands. It's expensive, but they use Clearbit verified IAB download. So they'll go and they'll use the IP address 
for folks' cell phones, and they'll cross-reference that for business IP addresses. So you'll see who in the local community from a business standpoint mm-hmm. and how many people at that business are actually paying attention to your show. Very interesting. So it's cool. You can run those analytics to say, listen, I yeah, we can start going, all right, this is an instead of it just being a you know, a brand expansion and awareness channel, we can start doubling down into how we are going to embed a conversion metric or a conversion tactic in that distribution to start making it an intent channel. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a difference there, which is phenomenal. And then Chris Walker on uh, he just refined labs uh, on um, I want to say they're in New York, but Chris Walker, their CEO, phenomenal guy. Look him up on LinkedIn, and he's very engaging in terms mm-hmm. of how he'll he'll talk to you, and he'll give you like a no kidding strategy in terms of what what it is. It's going to be expensive, but he'll he'll talk with you in terms of how to actually execute. Or if it's time to just hang it up and go on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. But money well spent, in your yeah. opinion, to do those kinds of things? Just given his experience with other marketing, right. um, it's it's not always the easiest thing to hear, and which is why he doesn't play nicely all the time with other executives. But sure. he, he, he does well for what he does. Sure, sure. But back to the very beginning, like honesty is yep. uh, if, if you're not going to sell it straight, I want to be told exactly what I what it is that I need to hear, not what I want to hear. You know, so if, if I appreciate that on the other side of people, if they're just like, well, dude, you're screwing up here. Yeah. And, and this is where you can fix it. And this is how you can fix it. Yeah. Um, and people also want to tell you like what they like about you too. Yeah. Not, I don't want to disappoint you and be like, no, this is terrible. <laughs> you know, um, the reality is, is, you know, I don't know what I like. I don't have the solve for that person's business, but the reason why they have the problem to begin with is because they also don't have the mm-hmm. solve. But if we come together that, you know, I believe in that mastermind principle that us coming together is going to create a new set of solutions that don't exist until we have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely does. Man, I love it. Anything else? Anything else that we haven't covered um, that we need to add? We haven't even talked about the beach. Like I came, I landed yesterday, and I was like, "How is it not snowing?" This yeah. is North Carolina, and oh, it's was, a perfect day out today. Yeah, it's perfect, perfect day and out the, and today. And the the my Uber driver or Lyft driver was like, "It doesn't snow in Wilmington." No. What are you talking about? And then I come once every out. like five or six years, we'll yeah. get we'll get a snow. But I mean, average average low is probably mid thirties at night in like February and the daily high is probably mid upper fifties. I'm so. blown away. It's, yeah. It's today's really a boat nice day. Here. Today's a boat day. It's seventy eight. It's sunny. What time's your I'm, flight? Um I have to be at the airport probably five. That's a good question. We we got time. <laughs> we got time. Uh, Josh wants in. You wanna get out on the boat, Josh? Is that <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that means we got to wrap the episode. Then. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, so, man. So this is the call to action. So yep. if you're listening to, uh, oh yeah, Matt gets he the bell. got the fly. Matt gets the bell. If for you're the day. listening to Signal Fire uh, Radio or podcast, whichever one you happen to listen to, and you haven't subscribed to the show and left a review, you're wrong. So just go and and write a review about you know Rob's hair. Yeah. Or you know Matt's Matt's mustache. Phenomenal mustache. <laughs> Make, how how bad did your ears hurt whenever he smashed the fly earlier, or if whether or not you agree? That's that's that would be my suggestion. Mm-hmm. Go and subscribe to their show, and then go back and and listen to some of their other episodes. They've had Navy SEALs on. They've had folks that have uh, started restaurants and uh, grown these these massive revenue generating engines that are out there uh, on the show. And you can learn a lot from people listening that are right here in Wilmington. And if you're a business leader in Wilmington and you haven't been on their show yet. 
reach out to uh, what's a, how can people reach out to uh, Matt at signalfire.media could, could not be easier to get in touch with us there or just hit us on LinkedIn I mean yeah. we're there every day anyway so there you go that's that's the answer hell yeah man that's a good sign off oh, right yeah. there no kidding. that's like the most efficient wrap up ever <laughs> I love it thank you so much for coming if, if uh, people want to get in touch with you what's the best way to do it uh, just go to knucklehead.agency. Knucklehead.agency. Or you look at Knucklehead Media Group on LinkedIn. And don't be beta, right? Don't be you guys still sticking with don't yeah. be don't be don't beta. Don't be a beta about the process. I think that's one of the I think that's one of the best like slug lines, slogan, whatever you want to call it. That, I'll get you a shirt. I'll yeah. Have, to get, have you, you seen shirt. the don't be beta shirts? Yeah, there's just no. I love simple. it. It yeah. just speaks to me, man. It's like, yeah. Be bold. Be courageous. Yeah. Like you're gonna up. screw up. Yeah, yeah. So and don't worry about screwing yeah. up. If you're no. gonna fail, fail fast. Get yourself up and move on. Yep. And absolutely move on. I love it. That's gonna do it for this episode of Signal Fire Radio. Until next week, go out, feed your mind, strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe. And go be a signal fire in your community. We will talk to you next Monday. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Signal Fire Radio. Click the links to connect with us on social media. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on this video. And for more in-depth content, check us out on Patreon. We'll talk to you guys next week.